The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Oh, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, mobility enablement. Let's get right to it. The world is in love with its mobile devices. You might go so far if you're in a fashion mode mindset to say that anything wireless is the new de rigueur accessory for every hat you could wear, whether you're in business, you're the owner, the manufacturer, the employee, the manager, whatever you're doing, whether you're a consumer, on your personal life, your social life, yes, mobile rocks, wireless is cool. Let's do a reality check. What does this mean for companies? Your company can no longer fight this trend. That means you'd better learn fast how to do two things, at least two things. Mobilize your workplace smartly and securely. Big tasks. And number two, how to you can create loyalty-sustaining mobile customer engagement. That's it. You want to do business with them, they're mobile, figure it out. On February 20th this year, we covered mobility enablement. Is the Internet coming to your refrigerator soon? Big topic, big show. We are going back and looking to see what's happened in the past four months. I have a great panel today. Let's hear what they have to say. I have some wonderful quotes kicking this off. Will be Philippe Winthrop from Velik, V-E-L-I, capital Q. And he says, Dear MDM, we hardly knew you. Those of you living under a rock, MDM is mobile device management. We'll hear from Philippe in a moment. Also joining us today is Cheryl Kingstone from the Yankee Group. They've both been on the show before. We're delighted to have them back. And Cheryl says the following. It's not just about having an app for that. It's about personalization strategies, mobilizing the customer journey. It's an entertainment information consumption hub. But consumers also are looking for the basics of simplicity and convenience. Many are also seeking personalization and the advantages of location, but they still want their privacy protected. That's a mouthful from Cheryl Kingstone. She'll be telling us about that in just a moment. And adding to our panel, our third guest today, new to SAP Game Changers Radio, is J.P. Fennell from SAP. And he says, very simply, forget about the consumerization of IT. The real trend is the ITization of the consumer. We have to embroider that somewhere, J.P. Those are words to live by. So join us for more of their great insights on mobility enablement, getting personal with your customers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're coming to you live, L-I-V. It's Wednesday, June 26th. We're on the business channel of Voice America Radio, a.k.a. World Talk Radio. Quick question for my listeners, and then I'll tell you who my panelists 
really are. Okay, do you know the ways mobility can transform your business, all of you who are listening? Well, learn about it in our free CIO playbook. Yes, it's free. Click any banner on our Coffee Break with Game Changers show page, and you'll go to a page with a lot of great free offers. But look especially for the free CIO playbook. Take one on us. Okay, let's meet our panelists today. Philippe Winthrop, returning guest, is the VP of Corporate Strategy at Velique, a Rotterdam-based enterprise mobility company offering the only true mobility platform as a service, that's M-P-A-A-S, M-P-A-S, that helps organizations enable the mobile workplace. Philippe is the founder of the Enterprise Mobility Forum, EMF, the first and largest social network exclusively dedicated to enterprise mobility. Philippe Winthrop, welcome back to the show. How are you? Bonnie, it's great to be back. How are you doing? I'm fine. Love that voice. I'm always tempted to talk to you in French. I don't know why. Comment ça va? Je vais bien. Merci. C'est un bon jour. We should do a full conversation in French this time. We should, and then we'll have to move the show to Paris. David, what a shame that I'm would be. That. There. Okay, I'll join <laughs> you there. We're going to get back to you in a minute. Thank you. By the way, where are you calling from today, Philippe? I am calling from Boston. Okay, so you're on the East Coast, and if you're anything like my New York weather, nice, sunny, a little overcast, but pretty good, yes? Correct. Okay, good. We agree on the weather. Cheryl Kingstone joining us again. Cheryl is the director of Yankee Group's Enterprise Research Group, and she's a well-known industry analyst in the mobility and CRM markets. A double header for Cheryl. That's why she's here with us today. She has over 18 years of experience in the high-tech market. Cheryl was awarded the 2006 CRM Influential Leaders Award and was the first female da, 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 to be inducted in the CRM Hall of Fame. Well, you're in our Hall of Fame. Cheryl Kingstone, welcome back. How are you today? Thank you. Welcome to be back. Good. Glad to have you. And where are you calling from? I think we called you. And where are you today? I am in San Francisco at the Palace Hotel at the Mobile Commerce World Show. So it's all about mobility here for the last couple of days. Well, how perfect for you to be on the panel today. Thanks for taking time out from what I'm sure is an exciting and very busy event. We appreciate your time, Cheryl. And the newcomer to the panel is J.P. Finnell. J.P. and I know each other from way back when in our Nokia days. We were both stationed in the White Plains beautiful building, no longer there. Ha! Huh? J.P. is head of Mobile Strategy North America Services for SAP. Previously, he consulted to enterprise technology and carrier clients as the general manager of mobility professional services services at Nokia and managing partner of Mobility Partners. JP also played a founding role in Mobile Monday Mid-Atlantic. I love that. One of over a hundred chapters in the world's leading mobile community. His research on collaboration and enterprise mobility has been published by GigaOM Pro. JP, welcome to SAP Game Changers Radio. How are you today? Glad to be here, Bonnie. Lovely, lovely. Nice to reconnect with an old friend. And where are you calling from today, JP? I am not calling from an airplane. I'm calling actually from our North American (laughs) headquarters of SAP, uh, just outside of Philadelphia. You're in Newtown Square. I was there last week hosting a customer panel for industry analysts. Woohoo! I guess we didn't meet each other, but next time I go, we will. So let's dive back into our opening and find out what my guests meant in their quotes. Philippe Winthrop, Philippe IQ. Dear MDM, we hardly knew you. I hope I said that right, Philippe. Talk to me. What are we talking about here? You know, the the reason I said that is I don't know if you've seen in the – in, on the Twitter sphere or in the press these days, but there's been a, a couple of interesting commentaries around the fact that MDM, mobile device management, is dead. Um, and that's an interesting quote because when you think about it, the MDM market 
is such a, relatively speaking, a new market. It's an emerging market, and yet we're already saying it's dead. Uh, I, I find that interesting because of the fact that, frankly, MDM died a couple of years ago, not, not just now or is not dying as we speak. It died two years ago as a standalone thing. We still talk about MDM, but we're throwing in new things such as application management and content management and security and still calling it MDM. Well, it's not MDM. That's enterprise mobility management and MDM while still very much alive and necessary, by the way, mm-hmm. is only really, when you look at it at face value, about the device. You've got to manage the device. You've got to manage That's the right. applications. You've got to manage the security. You've got to manage the content. And that totality is enterprise mobility management. So MDM, yeah, it died a couple of years ago when we started realizing that we needed more than just device management. Okay, so we've got a bigger, more broad brush approach to it today, understanding everything it encompasses. Thank you for that. So are are you signing the letter, Love, Philippe? Always. (laughs) Always. You know that. (laughs) I know that. Cheryl Kingstone, we have a mouthful here from you. Let's attack it a little bit at a time. It's not just about having an app for that. It's about personalization strategies, mobilizing the customer journey. It's an entertainment information consumption hub. Let's stop there and, and take that apart. Cheryl, talk to me. Yeah, because if you really take a look at these devices today, and, but it's really not, you're right, it's not about the device, it's about the experience. Um, and a lot of companies rush to just create an app, or they rush to create a website. And so when you're really trying to get customer engagement, you really have to look at what are they trying to do with that. And just creating a website without understanding the engagement strategy, the personalization strategy, and taking advantage of mobility, such as location, then you're really not going to get usage of the application and you're not going to necessarily be able to meet that all-time goal, which is customer acquisition or whether it's improved loyalty. You know, we talk a lot of these strategies, but we're not really living it through our customer's eyes. Okay, and now let's go to the rest of it. Consumers are looking for the basics. This really is what it all boils down to, I think, Cheryl. They're looking for simplicity and convenience. They want it personalized. They want you, some of them want you to know where they are, but they still want their privacy. How do you put that all together, protect their privacy, but give them everything else they want? Sounds like a tall order to me. It is a really tall order, but if you ask consumers if they're willing to give up a little bit of information for more value, or a little Mm -hmm. bit of information for ease of use, they are willing to do that. What they're not willing to do is do it when you're not opting in. They're not willing to do it when they don't really understand how you're going to use it. And so it's really about transparency. So when you think about things, don't think, well, they don't want me to understand more about them. There's also ways that you can follow their behavior and insight. You don't necessarily need all the nitty-gritty details that they might be not willing to disclose, and you can still mm-hmm. get at personalization strategies. You can still use a lot of the advantages to create these more um, connected type of applications. And I just wanted to just point out a couple of things mm-hmm. and why it's so important, because 64% of your customers want to be connected all time, and they're connected all time because something's of value to them, right? They have mm-hmm. their smartphone. Um, 40% are looking for some form of mobile shopping or mobile couponing. Um, and then I'm sure we'll talk a little bit later around just the growth of customer service and support and using the mobile phone from that standpoint. 
Yes, thank you. Thanks for the statistics. I have them in my notes, and we're going to cover all of them. Thank you, Cheryl. J.P. Fanella, I have time to get you in here under the wire before we go to our first break. Forget about the consumerization of IT. The real trend is the ITization of the consumer. Tell me, J.P., what are we talking about? Well, I, I don't mean forget about consumerization of IT. I mean, you can't forget about it. I mean, you, you can't get away from it. Um, but we all know this first wave of IT consumerization is giving mobile devices to employees. Um, SAP pioneered consumerization of IT. We've got 19,000 corporate-issued iPads, another 20,000 iPhones, and now we have 5,000 employees who are taking advantage of BYOD. But what I mean is that what's the next real trend here? Um, so whereas consumerization of IT is about, you know, what we're doing to technology, kind of the bigger business trend here is what technology is doing to us. So doing to us as, mm-hmm. um, as consumers, what it's doing to us as employees. So as a consumer, for example, my behavior has changed. I've become a lot more IT savvy. And uh, so I prefer self-service and not just to pump my own gas and, you know, get my own cash at the ATM, but I now prefer self-service from a mobile perspective to pick my own device. I prefer self-service to select my own data plan and apps. But most importantly, I think uh, it's, the, it's the application that, that where, where it really gets interesting. So, um, and all these applications that I really find big benefit is I prefer to access the same core systems that were once only accessible by IT. So let me give you a few examples. I prefer to find my own reservation on OpenTable, right? Or I prefer mm-hmm. to find my own airplane seat or right. um, scan and deposit my own check. That yes. saves me a trip to the bank branch. So ITization is creating a new mobile processes that are personalized and serve employees and customers equally well. Thank you, JP. Great introduction, and you've taken us right up to our first break. I want to thank my panelists for helping me get this show on the road here. We're talking today to Philippe Winthrop from Valique, Cheryl Kingstone, the Yankee Group, and JP Fennell from SAP. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Topic today, mobility enablement, getting personal with your customer. When we come back, I'll find out what my guests are drinking, what's in their cup today, and then we'll do a deep dive into our roundtable, and we'll kick it off with Philippe on Enterprise Mobility isn't just B2B anymore. It's now B2B2C. We'll find out what he means by that. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com 
And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, and it's time for our special storytelling segment called What's in Your Cup Today? Let's start out with Philippe Winthrop. What are you drinking? Bonnie, do you remember what I had last time when I was on, on your show here? Philippe, I think I've interviewed over 350 people totally on this show, so it's going to be hard. I'm sure it was memorable to you. Talk to me. It was a non-fat mocha <laughs> chocolate, no whip, skinny double drip chai tea latte with an extra <laughs> shot of vanilla. You're killing me here. You're killing me. And what are you drinking today? So I try, I wanted to change it up this time. Um, Good. I actually found, I was over at my parents' house this weekend, and I found an unopened can with an expiration date of 1982 of Sanka. You're scaring me. But you I'm know having, what? Sanka is probably good for bomb shelters and everything. I'm so. having some Sanka. I'm going old school. <laughs> oh, my God. This is really, yes, yes, uh, harking way back. Thank you, Philippe. I, I think I like your other drink better. It was more poetic. Cheryl Kingston, what are they serving at the palace today? That could mean anything anywhere. Talk to me. Well, I'm a little disappointed this morning because I don't have my Nespresso machine that's in a lot of these hotels oh, lately. They actually yes. don't even give you any coffee machine in here. So I am stuck drinking Nestle's Pure Life water because I had too many glasses of wine last night. Um. <laughs> This is going to be called the What's in Your Cup and Revelation Time on the future shows. What kind of, well, let's, let's get a little more interesting here, Cheryl Kingstow. What kind of wine were you drinking? I knew you were going to ask that, but considering Thank you. I wasn't the one that ordered it, all I know is one was a Cabernet ordered by the glass, then the group proceeded to order a bottle of Malbec. Oh, I love Malbec. Puts me to sleep in 30 seconds. I would have been out of the conversation. Thank you for the revelation and for sharing. I appreciate it. JP, can you top that? What's in your cup today? Well, I don't know. I mean, Cheryl talked about Nespresso. Um, I'm a huge fan of actually Keurig. And um, oh, so that's, yes, how I, yes. that's how I'm drinking my coffee this morning is uh, I like to, like I, I'm a big self-service guy, so I prefer to make my own. And, and the Keurig is uh, actually... Um, talked about it at uh, Sapphire last year as an example of the power of the platform. Wonderful. And I have to know, what flavor Keurig are you drinking today, JP? We, we want details. Well, I'm actually drinking a uh, Starbucks Pike Place Roast, and that is a competitor to Green Mountain Coffee that makes the Keurig. But because it's a platform, everybody makes money. There you go. Everybody's happy. Thank you for Keurig. <laughs> <laughs> You're going into retro land here, Philippe. I'm old we have school to, today. I'm old school. Y- you I mean, really are. are. Everybody You're else young, is making something. Young, old school. I'm drinking plain. Well, you know you know what I like to say. They don't let me have caffeine on show days, and we know why. Malcolm says he's stuck in a hotel. I know he's in Chicago, and the best he can come up with is da 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 room Starbucks Africa Kitamu, and he says it could be worse. <laughs> okay, thank you, Malcolm. Now it's time for us to get serious, but I thought we already were. Philippe Winthrop, let's start the roundtable. I'm starting off with something you told me before the show. You said, and I quote, enterprise mobility is not just B2B anymore. It's now B2B2C. Tell me. So back in the day, you know, way back when, 18 months ago, not even, 
you know, enterprise mobility was all about how to mobilize the workplace. And, mm-hmm. that's, and one of the big things around that for, from an application perspective was having what was then called a MEEP, a mobile enterprise application platform. And that was all about building enterprise apps for your employees. Separately, you had what was called an MCAP, Mobile Consumer Application Platform. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That was about building applications that were going to be more consumer-oriented. And finally, people realized that there should be fundamentally no difference between those two, and that's why the MCAP and the MEEP have now been combined into a term called MADP, Mobile Application uh-huh. Development Platform. And I think that makes a whole ton of sense because think of this scenario. You have uh, an employee of a big box retailer who's at a uh, depot and he sees that there is excess inventory of a certain product. What if he, via his tablet, could create a time-sensitive promotion that is that is basically localized to X number of stores within a given radius and pushes out, again, a time-sensitive promotion to customers via the mobile app that they've already Mm -hmm. downloaded onto their devices and say, if you go to the store in the next 24 hours, present this e-coupon, and you'll get 30% discount or whatever discount on... um, Whatever excess, uh, whatever excess inventory there is for that product, and therefore you can actually get rid of that excess inventory. That is absolutely mm-hmm. a B2B to C environment and really brings together the whole notion of improving C, uh, customer relationship management via that mobile app. So it's no longer just about being able to have access to the inventory via your tablet. It's no longer about being able to see what's available in a store on your phone, given the mm-hmm. fact that you download that app. There is now a full end-to-end interaction between the employee and the customers via mobility. Thank you, Philippe. Cheryl, I want you to dive in here, and I know you love to give statistics. You gave a couple of good numbers, and Malcolm actually is retweeting those or tweeting those for us. Tell us about what you think, uh, how the relationship between consumers and their wireless devices. Where are we? What What is the current status of how much we love wireless, as I said in my intro? How bad is it? How passionate and, and addicted are we? Oh, we're totally passionate. As I said before, you know, 60% of the consumers actually own smartphones now, and it goes up even higher when we're talking about teens. So Mm -hmm. teens, pretty much that's all they have. Um, Again, the connected all time, straight up there, even higher when it comes into the teen generation. And it really is now becoming a problem because they have sleep texting issues. I don't know if you've been following this. They actually wake up in the middle of the night and wind up texting. Oh, and then they're, uh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sorry. Um, But what's really interesting, because one of the things that Philippe was just talking about is the the B2B2B2C, right? And I've always been a huge advocate of creating more of an integrated approach to your mobile strategies, because a lot of what the consumer needs is operationally needs to be exposed from the systems that are within your organization. That's the value. The inventory is the value. The payment is the value. The loyalty Mm -hmm. programs is the value. And most times you need the operational systems to expose that. And one of the reasons why I'm bringing this out is when you really take a look at the customer preferences for mobile and you look at the traditional channels. So picking up the phone, down 33% over two years. Just Mm -hmm. going to a traditional website, down like 20% over the last two years. What's up? Mobile self-service on the application. Again, doing it for yourself. But then it's not just about the app. It's about texting. 
texting that company. They don't want to pick mm-hmm. up the phone. They want to SMS the text. They want to SMS right. uh, customer service and support. They want to browse the website. All of those are up anywhere from 8 to 13 to 20% of usage and preference over the last two years. Interesting. Very interesting. JP, I want you to join in the party here. Uh, you told me before the show, when consumers can access your inventory faster than you can as an employee, it's time to invest in B2E. Talk to me, JP Fennell. Sure. So, Bunny, um, I'm seeing a lot of my customers, especially in the banking sector, um, really happy with their business to consumer. They are really been directing a lot of their investment on that side. So as Philippe mentioned, we have a kind of a historical um, dynamic here where we have had uh, B2E on a separate platform and we've had B2C on another. And so the, uh, as these two worlds come together, um, you know, we're seeing some uh, situations where the consumer actually has more because they've had a lot more investment, sometimes 10 times the investment that an employee has had on the mobile, that they have actually faster information than the employees do. And so that's um, typically, uh, organizationally, there might be a separate um, center of excellence that's focused on the B2C, so not just the technology platforms are siloed, but then also the organizations are. So the uh, as we're now starting to see... Um, you know, the pendulum shift uh, a bit more towards the employee as, uh, mm-hmm. as, as they need to look more informed in their consumers. Okay. Now let's talk about costs here. We're, it's wonderful to know that you can give your customer, your consumer, your constituency, whoever they are. And I also want the panel to clarify, are we just talking about retail experiences here or are we talking about other things? Are we talking about manufacturing? Are we talking about, I don't know, industrial? What are we talking about? But the question is, how can mobile mobility enablement help companies cut their costs because it's great to say we can do all of this but there's always your CFO looking at that bottom line how are we it's great guys but don't spend any more money or keep it down once you do your development keep it down bring it back close to the, to what we need to come up with in terms of our, our profit strategy so who wants to take this so where can we go with cost cutting and how will mobility enablement Give companies that edge. Who wants to take this? I'll take it. I'll, I'll give you a real-world example, Bonnie. Yeah, please um, do. So about two and a half years ago, I bought a brand-new car. And my wife took it, um, you know, literally 10 days old. And she mm-hmm. took it to go somewhere and parked it in a parking lot. And she knew I was going to be anal retentive and say, you've got to park it somewhere safe. You know, it's brand new. <laughs> she comes back from her brunch, shows off the, the new car to her girlfriend, all proud. And the girlfriend says, well, what's that scratch right there? Oh, no. Yeah. The car had been hit um, in the parking lot. Thank be goodness, still my by heart. the way. The, the guy who, who actually did it left a note. That was great. But here's That's what good. I did. I, I took my, uh, my app, my USAA app, and mm-hmm. I was able to take a photo of the damage, file mm-hmm. a claim via the app, and get the whole process started right then and there and got email notifications within like five minutes and what have you. What that did was saved me the time of having to call the, the – um, the call center and get the customer service representative involved, right. and there is a time value for that. So the fact that I didn't have to speak to the CSR say, saved uh, USA money 
because of that time value. It also increased my satisfaction as a customer because mm-hmm. of the fact that the process moved more quickly. So there, in that example, uh, there's a real financial benefit in terms of cost savings as well as real increased customer satisfaction all through the development of that mobile application. All around. And that's a great motivation for people who are staying away. I, I know there are still at least a few people in the world, Cheryl Kingstone, who don't have mobile devices who are saying, what, an iPhone, what, a smartphone, what would I do with it? There's your answer right there. You'd be part of the world that has moved to mobile access to almost everything. Cheryl, JP, we have a couple minutes. to. Who has another example quickly before we go to break, uh, JP or Cheryl? Yeah, JP here. So uh, go ahead. just to pile on to Philippe, since he mentioned mm-hmm. USAA, they uh, innovated um, Deposit at Mobile two and a half years ago, and Deposit at Mobile right lets you in less than two minutes uh, deposit a check anytime, any place by taking a picture with a mobile phone app. And um, the statistics on that are pretty amazing. Um, it now costs USAA four cents um, to um, uh, the cost of processing that check versus it used to cost them seventy-five cents. Um, and it even ranges up as high as three dollars. So that's over sometimes almost a hundred times less expensive. And with no, but here's the real clincher: is that there's no drop off in customer service. So before it was zero sum. Take your pick. You know, do you want, you know, uh, cost or or customer service? If you cut your cost, you're gonna, you know, people are gonna be waiting on the line and and are gonna be you're gonna take a hit on your customer service. In this case, I'm delighted to save a trip to the bank. And yes. uh, so it's a it's a win win. There you go. Save costs, save time, save energy, and you're part of something that's just going to happen, whether you're on board or not. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. I still don't know why I say it that way. It's just a habit. You're listening to us live. It's Wednesday, June 26th. I'm speaking with very smart people who really know what they're talking about. Philippe Winthrop from Valique, Cheryl Kingstone, the Yankee Group, and J.P. Finnell from SAP. We're talking about mobility enablement, getting personal with your customer. When we come back, we're going to kick it off with Cheryl Kingstone, and we're going to talk about how businesses can use mobile loyalty as a customer engagement strategy. Listen up, kids. Okay, Brad, out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag saprado now let's get back to coffee break with game changers 
we are, and we're going to impose upon Cheryl Kingstone to kick off this segment of the roundtable. We're going to talk about how businesses can use mobile loyalty. I'm not sure I even know exactly what's in that loaded statement. Mobile loyalty as a customer engagement strategy. Talk to me, Cheryl. Well, it really gets back to if you've ever used the Starbucks card. And it's really interesting because a lot of companies have tried to understand what's going on with just mobile payments. But it's not about the transaction. It's really about um, getting the consumer to use and interact with you, right? So, And the whole point is around loyalty. Well, have you ever gone to a lot of these clothing stores or the coffee and they stamp your your little stamp card and then you walk away and Mm -hmm. you lose that card and then the company has no idea what you actually really bought? So the point being is I know the whole point of loyalty programs can go away if you have a massive amount of data about the customer so that you don't need a loyalty program. You can just personalize the offer to improve their loyalty. Yeah, well, some people are saying that here at the show, but the problem is where do you start? I mean, what happens Mm -hmm. if you don't really have that much and you still have these stupid punch cards? Well, if you move to more of a cardless program, not only do you improve the customer interaction because they don't know they no longer are losing that value that you've given them, but you have information tying to exactly what that customer's purchased, exactly at what time. Do they repurchase mm-hmm. that? Do they then have those different mocha lattes and make it very visual and game and gamification side of it. And so that's really how loyalty programs can not only create a rich customer profile, but can also create a customer engagement strategy at the same time. Very interesting. And JP, I know one of your mantras is know thy customer. Understand your user personas. Why? To drive effective engagement with your stakeholders. Sounds like we're talking about the same thing. So why don't you add on to what Cheryl just shared with us? Sure. I mean, Cheryl's really highlighting a a journey uh, that we're Mm -hmm. seeing in retail and, you know, starting off with punch cards, which is about discounts, and that's, that's a good first step. But ultimately, it's, it's about personalization. And, um, and if you really know thy customer in terms of, you know, applying some of the uh, – we're just seeing the early days of big data and its application um, in mobile. And um, if you look at that not just as a mobile channel but some, as multiple channels and – uh, or what we call omni-channel, you then can look at, well, if you really know your customer and if they're really your top 1%, and like Philippe, if they ordered like the 1,000-calorie disclosed <laughs> coffee <laughs> and, the, um, and they're in there every day, maybe you want to have a preference line. So like the airlines, they, they are kind of ahead of everyone else in terms of loyalty programs, and they have uh, now created uh, different tiers of passengers so that they board the airline first. So that's mm-hmm. an example of not just a discount that the airlines are giving their best customers, but preferential treatment based on their understanding of their individual customer. Yeah, I agree with you. And these right? loyalty programs aren't just about offers. They're about cross-sell, wallet share, uh, preferential treatment, because you have to know exactly who they are, and it's about engagement. Cheryl, what is wallet share? Without, without data. And the Cheryl? data, this is just a vehicle or a mechanism for the data. I want you to define wallet share, please, so we know. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, getting okay. more from that customer. So it's not just okay. about the price. It's about getting that shoe with the jewelry, or it's about um, mm-hmm. selling more parts. You know. So are we, are, we, are we still talking mostly about the retail experience, or does this go bigger into other industries? 
Cheryl? Well, cross-selling goes across every industry. Everybody wants okay. to cross-sell more, whether they're an equipment manufacturer or selling yes. to a consumer. So it's definitely a broad industry issue. Loyalty is a broad industry issue. The cardless programs, you know, that's maybe a little too consumer. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Philippe, you want to join in here? And, Philippe, I want you to talk about mobile apps, but any comments on what Cheryl and, and uh, JP are talking about? It, it absolutely goes beyond retail, right, per mm-hmm. the example I gave you for insurance, per the example yes. that JP gave for banking. Um, you know, you're starting to see some of that also in healthcare. You can see it in any number of different industries. The the issue is you know, ultimately going to become, yes, there's a great opportunity for sharing data. You know, I, I made my little quip about you know, when JP mentioned the airline industry, yeah, it feels like we're different grades of beef per the USDA in terms of their loyalty programs, but that's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, there's, there is no industry, in my opinion, that's going to not be affected and impacted by mobile. Mobile is going to be everywhere. It's going to be completely pervasive. Okay. Now, I want to talk about building mobile apps. And, Philippe, I have a question for you. You say focus less on the how and more on the why. How does this tie into what we're talking about? Sure. Um, There are uh, any number of debates going on on virtually a daily basis around how to go build apps. Should you build native apps? Should you build HTML5 apps? Should you build hybrid apps? How do you build them with what technologies? You know, at the end of the day, the consumer does not care. And I say consumer, meaning the end users, because this could absolutely be relevant to Mm -hmm. an internal corporate app. I want an app that works well, that is intuitive, that is fluid, that actually gets the task at hand done. Right? If it's so, back to my USAA example, it was very easy for me to understand how to file a claim upload a photo, and all the other things that had to get done versus me having to hunt around. I don't care, frankly, what language and what protocol and what type of app it is. It just worked, right? It did what it needed to do. And that is the most important thing in my mind as organizations go about their mobile application strategy is focus not on the how it's going to be built, but instead what is the purpose and the ultimate and intended outcome and experience of that mobile application. Okay, great points. And, and JP, I have a question I'm going to pose to you to start it, but really for the whole panel. In order to climb on this mobility enablement bandwagon and do the next great thing for your company, regardless of what industry, we're talking about a broad brush of industries here, do you have to be the leading edge innovator or can you just say, hey, everybody's doing it, it's time for us to do it too? And let me quote something from J.P. Fennell before you start. Uh, You say, adopt an experimentation mindset for new devices and technology, and then you quote this old adage, lead follower, get out of the way. So do, do companies have to experiment or can they say, well, at least catch up and get in the get some skin in the game, as they say? JP? Yeah, the, the biggest risk here today is opportunity cost. And mm-hmm. um, so there is a cost to wait, and it is um, complex. Uh, there's no doubt about it. You and I were at Nokia, and we saw the early days of, of mobile being even more complex than it is uh, today. You have mm-hmm. a carrier in the equation. You have your devices, you have your data plans, and then you have your applications, and, and that there's a lot of ecosystem around it. Um, and there's more and more players piling in as, as it converges. So the, um, the key is to kind of have your strategy emerging from experience. And no matter where you are uh, in your journey, 
um, there is a there is a good place to start, and we have a lot of there's a lot of information out there um, to uh, what we call maturity models um, that mm-hmm. you know based on where you are in your journey, um, organizationally, technologically, um, you know there's a there's no reason to to wait. Cheryl, you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. And the one thing about the way we're developing today is iteratively. Like, So it's not a big bang approach. You don't have to worry about getting absolutely everything perfectly. You have to worry about going mm-hmm. out, testing it, bring it back in, and being much more flexible for modifications for the future. Okay, let's talk about this from the standpoint of new companies, low-end SMEs, meaning low maturity or small footprint in terms of their global reach or just a small staff and maybe even just a startup. Somebody who's thinking about, yeah, I have this great product service. I'm going to start this company and take the world by storm. Where do they need to enter in? Let's say it's any of the industries we've discussed today, the banking, the insurance, the, the retail. Where do they need to start in terms of coming out with that mobile app, that loyalty program. How much upfront in the business plan do they need to come out of the gate screeching, yes, we're ready to play with everyone else? So who wants to take that? Philippe? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I look and say that it, the really the, the important part of that strategy is is making sure that you've got all the the quote unquote right parties involved, right? It's not mm-hmm. just the devs. It's not. Um, let, let's look at it from an internal app perspective, right? Is, let's say you want to build a, an app for sales and marketing, right? It's separate mm-hmm. from what you could get either from a, your traditional CRM system. You have to talk. You, you can't just build this in a vacuum, right? And then by the same token, you have to make sure that you've got all the other parties involved that are going to be required. That may include a lot of governance, risk, and compliance. So you may have to have HR involved. You'll probably end up having legal uh, involved. But you've got to make sure that you have that you're taking that mobile app development and the whole mobility strategy out of just an IT silo, right? By the same token, there are going to be often times where you're going to have a, a, a business department that's going to say, oh, to heck with it, we're going to go build our own mobile app. You can't do that either, right? It's got to be all done synergistically. Okay. I have a qu- Cheryl, do you have anything you want to say on this? No, no, I just was... Uh, there wasn't really much to add except for that was why it's so important to look more strategically and not opportunistically. And today okay. most companies are looking opportunistically and not thinking the broader scope across the entire company. The okay, only thing I have... that is be strategically yes. opportunistic, frankly. That's a good point. Okay, I like that. Now, question, we have about two minutes till the end of this segment. Question for anybody who wants to jump in. It, everybody isn't mobile. Everybody doesn't love it. Everybody isn't saying, well, i got to run out and get the latest smartphone. And, and we're probably talking some age segments of the consumer population, yes. So the question is, how does a company survive today if their, their selling is geared toward an older population or an under-mobilized, oh, I like that, under-mobilized population, and they still want to have loyalty? Are we back to those punch cards? Who wants to take that? I'll just JP. I'll, I'll, it goes back to um, multi-channel, and um, the multi-channel being what are the different touch points that mm-hmm. this customer has. And so, if you look at the personas of the, your customers, and you know, you may have a segment or a persona that's uh, you know a more mature segment, or maybe say a later adopter. Mm-hmm. Then what you want to do is put them in the middle of the of your of your business. And so I don't know, Bonnie, if you caught the um, 60 Minutes episode this Sunday with 
David Kelly, so CEO of IDEO. But he, yes. uh, he innovated the whole design thinking school and actually uh, approached Hasso Plattner, the founder of SAP, and, mm-hmm. and Hasso provided $35 million to, to Kelly to found the D School or Design Thinking School at Stanford University. It was a wonderful segment, and it really you know, talked about how um, all the innovation coming out of Apple really came from this one insight of putting the customer at the center. So, mm-hmm. uh, and taking a uh, multi-channel or omni-channel and making all those channels seamless um, across, yeah. or it's called omni-channel, but let's not get to be buzzwords here. This is really right. just a matter of having different touch points and really putting them at the center, knowing your customer's customer and designing accordingly. So it's the customer, whoever the customer is. Guess what? We're at the end of our time on this segment of the show. We're going to come back. I'm going to ask Cheryl, Philippe, and JP, take out that chamois, that polishing cloth, that old torn-up rag, whatever you use, polish off the crystal ball. When we come back, I'm going to ask each of you to spend about two minutes talking to me about what will this discussion on mobility enablement look like five years from today. Let's see if you can go five years out. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We've got a lot more coming. Predictions. Don't miss this. Great stuff coming up from J.P. Finnell, Philippe Winthrop, and Cheryl Kingstone. Brad, out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. It's time for the crystal ball. Let's see what my guests foresee, what they can safely or riskily tell us. What's coming down the pike in five years in terms of mobility enablement, getting personal with your customer? What will it look like in 2018? Philippe Winthrop, let's kick it off. Be happy to. But before I do that, um, if you don't mind, I just want to follow up on a comment that was made about the generational aspects. Please do. One quick one quick thought, if you will. My mm-hmm. wife's grandmother, and I'm not going to share her age because, you know, you never share a lady's age, but I'm sure you can get a general <laughs> sense of what her age is. She is addicted to her iPad. She is on it constantly. So the fact of the matter is that increasingly the quote-unquote older generations are going to be using more and more mobile devices and it's going to become ubiquitous. And frankly, in terms of polishing that crystal ball, mobility is going to become so ubiquitous. You know, we're, st- we're talking so much these days about mobile first. Well, guess what? 
that's going to go away because everything is going to be mobile anyway. So we're just back to the traditional issues of business challenges and IT challenges and how do you solve business challenges with IT. But the, the, okay. the, the mobile component is going to go away. It's going to go away. Where is it going to go? It's just going to be everywhere. It's going to be pervasive. So it, it will, we will live with mobility and it won't be a discussion. It will exactly. just behave. It's like, it's like the old days where we had uh, on the networking side, we had the, the wired um, network and then the LAN, and then we had the wireless network, right? Well, nowadays, they're one and the same. Right? So that's what's going to happen with mobile. We have all these issues around fixed technologies, and we have talked about like mobile technologies, and guess what? It's all going to be one and the same in the future, so we're going to stop thinking about mobile first. It's just going to be a given that it's a part of the equation. And, Philippe, will everybody at, at every level of consumer, whether they're a consumer of, <clears throat> excuse me, of industrial supplies or they're a consumer of B2B, whether they're a retail consumer, anything, banking, airlines, whatever, will everybody want to have that loyalty program? Or will some people still say, wait a minute, I, want you to, I don't want you to have so much information about me. Don't tell me you know I'm in the store. Don't tell me you know I bought three cartons of eggs last time I visited your grocery store. Will people, some people still be shy and shying away? from that knowledge that companies really are, are embracing now as part of how do you develop loyalty if you don't know who your consumer is? As JP says, know thy customer. So, Philippe, I what do you think? Well, I personally hate when uh, a, a company knows exactly what I'm purchasing and what I'm doing. Um, you know, uh -huh. when they ask for loyalty programs, I say, I don't have my card. Please punch in the default one. Um, I, I have a big Orwellian fear of what these companies can do with that information. That's me personally. Very interesting revelation from yeah. Philippe Winthrop. Okay, we should have started the program with that. Well, that's a reality check, and you're a person, and you're entitled to that, but I think a lot of people share that. Cheryl Kingstone, time for your predictions, and why don't you first address what Philippe just mentioned? Well, you know, I go back to you've got to look through the eyes of your customer, and I go back to what everyone else was talking about also. It's around understanding the consumer and making that experience right for them. And if they don't want to be targeted and they don't want to be opted out, absolutely. But then I go back to what you said earlier about generational issues and understanding mm -hmm. the value or the lack of opting out, right? So one of these older generations was playing on their iPad and they were playing Scrabble, but she opted out to get a notification. Well, that impeded her ability to understand when the person took the next move, right? Ah. She's really mad because now she didn't get notified that it was her turn. So I think it's really about education and understanding mm -hmm. that this opt-in, opt-out, there's a fine line. And while Philippe or everyone else might not opt-in, if the company does it right and is adding value back to the experience, opting in and providing that um, engagement strategy is what it's all about, right? So if you don't, fine. You'll, you'll continue to move on, and maybe the mm -hmm. behavioral watching will be there. It's not going to go away. Mm -hmm. You can get it information about the customer without going through privacy concerns. And there's ways around it, and we will address a lot of that. So the future is all about mm -hmm. the empowered consumer. The yes. future is all about, um, you're right, it isn't going to be about mobile first because it's about the way we're going to be looking and engaging with not just your smartphones and not just your iPads, but all the 
connected devices that are going to be in your house, about the glass that's on the wall that you're going to be interacting with. Um, do I think Google Glass will move forward as people look these weird things into the – no, but mm. some form of visualization of the data will definitely be there. We're only talking five years out, and I know things are moving very quickly, but, again, technology is not moving that quickly, Right. We're, right. we're not going to totally have everything perfectly figured out with the networks within the next five years. We're not going to be able to tr totally have no hiccups when it comes to video and pricing strategies and business models. We still have too many standards to overlap. We're talking about um, MPOS here. We, you mentioned about uh, mobile point of sale. Mm -hmm. Well, in five years, I mean, it's great that we go in and we put in all these mobile point of sales, but the Wi-Fi strategy, the infrastructure that's driving all of that, just the restructure into the stores to not put, as Gary Penn would say from True Religion, put those $250 jeans on the floor as you're checking out with a mobile point of sale. So while we all think five years from now is a really long time, it's not that short. I mean, it's not that long. And so mm -hmm. we will start seeing a lot more empowered customers. We'll start seeing a lot more uh, mobility everywhere strategies. Uh, but it's still going to take some time to totally reinvent the process and catch up with a lot of the infrastructure. And I might add that imagination and innovation is the only thing that's really holding it back. There's somebody somewhere Absolutely. as we're on the air right now thinking, yeah, <laughs> there's somebody somewhere thinking, hmm, let's make it better. Let's make it different. Let's be that cutting edge. Let's be the one who really grabs the attention of the world with the next new something. I know it's coming while we're talking. Speaking of that, J.P. Fennell, I have two minutes for your closing on your crystal ball. What do you have for us today? Well, Bonnie, I mean, <clears throat> you know, you mentioned the five-year time horizon. I, I still think it's very early innings um, in terms of where we are with enterprise mobility. I mean, five years out, we have an iPhone 5, probably 5S, I mean, coming mm -hmm. up this, this fall. So, you know, five years, we're talking an iPhone 10. Um, you know, 10 years out, iPhone 20, if they're, but given the cadence is accelerating, it's probably going to be 25. So I think once we think of it that way, we can see clearly that, um, that this, that we're kind of almost obsessing with the mobile channel here, and it's obscuring the shift that we're seeing to ubiquitous computing. And where I think, uh, the, you know, the audience needs to kind of keep their eye on is big data. So I think we're only very early days in terms of, uh, really applying what you can do with data in the right way. And um, I mentioned the ITization of the consumer, and that touches on the fact that the what technology is doing to us and from the standpoint of getting us more savvy and more mm -hmm. changing our behaviors. Um, and it's a two-way street. So, you know, it was unthinkable. You know, I remember in 2005 when, <clears throat> in, uh, when I was at Nokia, to think about how you know, we're always trying to get around how how are we going to you know get this kind of information, and people are volunteering it, and that's a big shift in in terms of uh, of behavior. And so there's when it comes to providing delightful, wonderful experiences that people mm -hmm. have opted into. And I think if you have the Google Search app on your mobile, um, you'll see a, a card, kind of a playing card paradigm at the bottom of the device. <clears throat> it's called Google Now. Actually, won Popular Science's 2012 Innovation of the Year Award, and that's the that will give you your best glimpse in your pocket of what the power of big data is in terms of 
volunteering based on your location and, and analyzing your Google Mail, kind of where you are. Maybe you want directions home. Here's some restaurants that Zach reviews. So that, those are all. Um, Thank you, areas. JP. And you've you've taken me home. It's time for my predictions. I got 30 seconds to wrap here. Let's see what's coming up in my crystal ball for the next couple of weeks on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Next Wednesday, July 3rd. Could it be? OMG! We're going to rerun one of our most popular and important episodes called "People Who Need People: Caregiving Goes Social and Mobile" in honor of Autism Awareness Month. A great show. Wonderful panel. People from the Fragile X Foundation and from the Ernie Els Foundation and the founder, the starter of the Caregiver Circle app from SAP. And on July 10th, we're back talking about banking fraud. How technology could have prevented the recent ATM heist in New York City? We'll be talking with the CEO of FeedZi, which provides credit card and fraud detection at sub-second response rates. Guess what in-memory engine they use. Aha! And I want to direct all of you to our other show that just wrapped up yesterday, Financial Excellence with Game Changers. Go to the business channel on Voice America and look for the coffee cup that says Financial Excellence, a special edition of 13 great shows, good information. Thank you to my wonderful guests, Philippe Winthrop, moi, Cheryl Kingstone, moi, and J.P. Fennell. I'll shake your hand, maybe moi for old time's sake. Shout out to Malcolm Kimberlin who just tweeted a video on design thinking. Thanks for mentioning that, whoever did on the show. Thanks to Brad and Ryan and the Business Channel team. And quickly put on your seatbelts because I have a call to action. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers. Have a great July 4th, those in the U.S., and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.